Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. folks welcome back to mike and maurice's mind escape we have episode number 169 tonight we're going to be talking about science news and we're going to be discussing all the recent psychedelic research articles that have come out and all the updates and uh news articles you know surrounding all that kind of stuff um again i just set up a new patreon uh a bunch of tiers so head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash mind escape podcast uh we've got a you know five new tiers what six new tiers five new tiers yeah. uh for two dollars a month you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments uh lots of great stuff on there we've got an hour long one with randall carlson we've got uh an hour long one with dr gregory little a slideshow uh one with on, on ancient uh mounds native american mounds we have one with Laird Scranton, and I, you know, we also have an hour-long one with uh, Sean Kale. So go check those out. Only two dollars a month. I mean, lots of juicy let's tidbits. Fa- let's face it; you're getting some sweet knowledge for not that much. Okay. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, uh, and then yeah, for five dollars, you can become an escapee. Again, these are correlated to our Discord. So if you have not checked out our Discord, head on over to there and participate, and we'll give you a nice title depending on what tier you're at. So. I'm not going to go through them all. You can see them there. Or if you're listening, head on over to our Patreon and check out our new tiers. Uh, we do still have t-shirts available as well. Uh, they are black t-shirts with our logo on the front. I like it a lot. I think it looks... Got it on right there, baby. I do have it on. They can't see it, but I do have it on. Um, and uh, it's it's quality shirt. I mean, it's a thick shirt, right? Like the materials, it's not some cheap... You know, gonna get a hole in it in a couple of weeks. It's, it's. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of. It'll last. It'll last the test of time. Yeah, it, it's good. It's good. So, uh, so yeah. If you're interested in a t-shirt, send me an email. Go to our website and uh, head on, head on over to contact us, and then send me an email. We'll figure that out for you. And uh, yeah. So okay. And uh, we are going to go live with Indra's web here shortly. Um, let me pull it up here. Um, go to indrasweb.org and sign up to get an alert when the app goes live, which is going to be soon. I think, I don't know, in the next week it'll probably go live and I'll be working on that pretty hard over the holidays. So head on over there. Indra's Web, if you don't know, is an app that we created for rational discourse surrounding all the topics we discuss, whether it be, uh, you know, ancient civilizations or megalithic structures UFOs, you know, you name it, you know, there's a lot of, uh, weird fringe things going on in the world in terms of, like I said, like UFO stuff. There's been a lot of stuff in the news. There's been a lot of stuff in the news with, you know, regarding, uh, ancient finds and sites and stuff. So if you have a theory or hypothesis, it's the perfect, uh, app to discuss that without any sort of riffraff. So head on over to there and, uh, yeah, what's going on? Not much. What's the good word, my man? That's pretty much it. Just laying it all out there for everybody. And if you're listening, this does have a slideshow that accompanies it. You can check out our YouTube channel if you have not already. 
And if you're watching live on YouTube, head on over to one of our, uh, you know, we're on all the podcast platforms. So if you're on Apple, you know, please leave us a nice review uh, and a five-star rating. We love you for that. And uh, yeah, we're on Spotify, whatever you have, we, we're on there. So, um, or you can just go to mindescapepodcast.com. That'll save you some time. So right to the source, right to the source. So, um, oh, earlier today we did try and do an episode with, uh, Dr. David Luke, the psychedelic researcher. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the connection, we were having some connection issues with them. So we're going to try and, uh, reschedule that. I don't know if it's going to be next week, but sometime soon we'll try and get that in. But, uh, let's see. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't checked out his stuff, he, he's the co-founder of the breaking convention. So, uh, go look that up. But what else is going on here? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, just, uh, getting ready for the holidays and, uh, doing some wrapping, mm. you know, all that fun preparation. Sounds good. I actually printed out a bunch of photos every year. It's funny. I don't use my printer until December and then I go ballistic printing out different photos for each family member it's a nice way to get my art out there and uh save a couple dollars on gifts yeah that's awesome yeah and you obviously your photo uh photographs are awesome that you know you have that nice printer you know if, and anybody if you become a 35 dollar patron you can get a piece of maurice's art once a month and become a uh a maurice site or is yeah. it a, or is it a morris site i don't know yet <laughs> but we're gonna figure that out as we go here it's an it's yeah a, if uh I was going to say, if people want to go check out more of my art, you can go to uh, Instagram, Maurice underscore Hogan. And uh, any of the pictures on my uh, feed are available for print. So head on over there after the show. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah, tonight we, again, I'm going to read off a lot of the recent news and articles, and we're going to discuss all the different research and stuff that's been going on. And, uh, yeah, so... I'm going to pull up that slideshow now. Very good, my man. All right. Oh, no. Let me get rid of that. All right. So, yeah, psychedelics and the mind. Um, so the first one, I, some of these are a couple months old. Some of them, you know, are just from this week. So it depends. I'm going to put it after we're done uh, going live. I'm going to put all the links down below. So if anybody's interested or wants to look further into these articles, I'll have the link down there for you. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, so this one is, they say, uh, there was a recent uh, study that says THC may prevent colon cancer in mice. So uh, researchers from the University of South Carolina observed the effects of THC on mice to determine that if the compound could be used uh, to prevent colon cancer in humans. So obviously, we know with psychedelics and other medicines, they... they test on rats and uh um they test on rats and mice first usually um to get a you know general idea of what's going on but uh yeah i mean this is kind of interesting right yeah you know i don't know obviously mice are they're a mammal but does it fully translate to the human yeah for the <clears throat> you know some of that stuff does but we got to really get into the nitty-gritty human testing yeah yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that uh, there's, you know, there's obviously differences, you know, physio right. physiological differences. But I think that you're right. We are a mammal. They're a mammal. There's a lot of similarities as well. So it's a good, 
you know, test mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen. Uh, the team published their findings in iScience. I think that's obviously a science publication. Uh, the research showed THC is a powerful anti-inflammatory agent. Well, no duh. I mean, anybody <laughs> that's uh, been partaking, you know, which has been I for years. I, you know, I think a lot of people that, uh, you know, if you live in a legal state, especially where there's uh, dispensaries and legal dispensaries or it's medical in your state, I think that uh, there's a reason for that. And we're starting to see more and more of that pop up. Uh, it says THC acts on the CB2 receptors that are uniquely expressed uh, on immune cells in the gut. Uh, they then prevent them from producing certain harmful uh, cytokines, I believe that's how you pronounce that, secreted by them that drives the cancer, uh, such as interleukin-22 or IL-22. So this is saying that uh, THC uh, works off of one of the cannabinoid receptors, uh, and what it does is it produces these harmful cytokines from you know being secreted in your body. So, And obviously mm-hmm. that sounds like it's what feeds cancer, according to the article. Yeah, I'm going to go out there and say I don't think that there's any cases of cancer from just smoking cannabis. I could be wrong, but I think that's out there as far as a What are you saying? fact that no one has ever reported getting cancer from just smoking cannabis. I don't know. I think that you, you'd have to look into that. That's not something I would have said either, but um, I mean, you can look it up. I don't know if they've done studies. There's all sorts of studies going on. I know... A lot of this research is obviously dependent on different laws and, you know, I know that there's been a lot of researchers that have had a tough time getting like approved to even do a lot of this research too. So, and we're talking about cannabis. We're not even talking about the psychedelic stuff yet. Uh huh. So, and not cannabis is, I mean, it's legal where I live. It's legal where you live. It's legal, you know. Well, it's recreationally legal where I live. It's recreationally legal, legal where I live, too. Yeah. I, I, well, I, it's coming. It's going to be fully legal, federally legal soon. So You think so? I, I, yeah, I'm 90% sure. Mm. This guy's got his, he's got his uh, thumb on yep. the, the pulse of the market, too. This, I got my cannabis stacks all ready to there rock. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about that one. Did you look it up? I mean, or, I'm looking at it, it says. I don't know if there's any, even a way for them to tell that because you would have to know like the whole person's. It's almost like determinism. Like everything you've ever done could contribute to any one of these things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it says. I mean, I'm on WebMD. It says some found evidence that ties marijuana to lung cancers, while other data shows little to no connection. I, I don't know. I, I mean, would assume it's... that smoking joints with all that tar is probably not the best. Yeah. Of all, you know, what versus I would have, there used to be like a, a thing back in school in like health class, there was like a diagram and it showed like a water pipe or like a bong was the healthiest in terms of the ways to consume it. But well, let me, let me rephrase what I said. I, or, yeah. Yeah. I think that THC has no link to cancer. Marijuana has like 300 and some ca- other chemicals within right. it when and you actually you smoke don't, the flower. And if you're not, you don't, you know, it's that's why there's dispensaries because if you're just getting it from some random person, you don't know exactly what they've, you know, sprayed or what they've used, you know. Um, I'm sure, you know, when you look at that kind of stuff, there's obviously horror stories too, but I think that a lot of that stuff's a lot of like, urban legend and myth type stuff that's gotten out of hand but in terms of i mean 
if you watch any of these like cannabis shows like on TVs or documentaries, there are people that do weird stuff that has not been proven to be great for you. So um Okay, so this is moving on to the psychedelic stuff. Um so this article was talking about how psychedelic experiences reduce narcissism and everybody always jokes around like let's give you know politicians should be taking you know like that kind of stuff and i think that there's probably some like uh truth in the sense that you don't you know your ego can get so conflated you know and you're trying to appease and please so many people and then you get to a point where it's like oh i am just you know doing this for myself at some point and i think that's why you see a lot of people saying that kind of stuff but in terms of people that actually have narcissism they did a study published in the journal of uh, psychopharmacology that researchers found that psychedelic experiences of awe are linked to increased feelings of connected uh, connectedness and empathy which in turn is related to a decreased levels of uh, exp um, exploitative entitled narcissism so i think that that might be a specific type of narcissism too. I don't know if there's different types. I don't know enough about the psychology of narcissism to speak on that, but uh, lowered empathy has been associated with uh, narcissism and researchers were interested to see how psychedelic experiences could reduce the effect of narcissism. So um, reading this article, uh, I think that they found that... Um, People, it wasn't the ego death that uh, helped people with the narcissism or like, you know, uh, gave people perspective. It was actually like an awe-inspiring experience or like a, you know, like a, a mind-blowing experience. You know what I'm saying? Like a, mm -hmm. almost like to put you in context with the universe, like you're nothing, you know, in, in terms of the universe kind of a thing where I think that probably a lot of, I don't, again, I can't speak because I don't know, but I think a lot of narcissism is obviously ego related. And if your ego is huge. Yeah, I mean, they think they are the center of the universe. Right. But you, it's not the ego disillusion. Like you hear all these people talk about like ego death and whatever. And I don't think that that's what they're talking about here. They're talking about the fact, uh, this other aspect of it, which is I'm sure a lot of people have experienced in psychedelics, which is this, oh my God, you know, this, that was a crazy experience kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, researchers used the online survey platform uh, Qualtrics to um, survey 414 individuals who had experience with classic serotogenic psychedelic drugs, psilocybin and LSD. Um, it was not the ego death experiences, again, this is what I was talking about, that seemed to have a positive effect on maladaptive narcissism but psychedelic experiences of awe or significance. So if you have an experience where it's like, oh, you know, it's memorable or there's something that you like learn from it or it's just like, again, like putting you in your place. It's almost like going swimming in an ocean, you know, getting out there kind of far. You realize how tiny you really are compared to things. Yeah. Um, let's there's see. also a connective quality as well where you feel connected right to or being yeah connected to something bigger i think you know because if you think you're the biggest thing or the baddest thing and then you yeah. have something oh whoa 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 you're just part of you know a real dennis reynolds type yeah uh the researchers hope that the first step in the future studies on the effects of or this is the first step of the you know to for more studies to see the effects of psychedelics on narcissism i wouldn't be surprised again i don't know if there's different types of narcissism maybe somebody can comment on that but um, 
if there is, then maybe that was just one, you know, had an effect on one one of those categories or, you know, something like that. And uh, maybe ego death would have some sort of positive effect for some narcissists, you know, some narcissists. I don't know. Just oh, I thought. think it would have a, a great effect on most. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay. This one's called My Brain on Salvia. Uh, before we read this one, there's actually, I was going back and forth with uh, Dr. Andrew Gallimore on Twitter, and he was talking about how most people, when you smoke salvia um, or chew the leaves, you're experiencing salvinorin A, which is like the main alkaloid that most people know about that have experienced. But there's some study, I think, I don't know if they're going to do it or it's like being tossed around, like an extended stay, how they're talking about like extended state DMT, that extended stay or some sort of uh, synthesized salvinorin B, which would last like super, super long. I can't even imagine, like we were going back and forth, like nobody said that they'd want to participate because salvia is so intense for you know, even in two, a few minutes or whatever, I can't even imagine, imagine like three hours. That's insane. I don't know. I don't know if you could deal with that. I don't know if your brain can handle that. Yeah. It might break the system. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So my brain on salvia. So the team led by, uh, Manoj Das, I believe is how you pronounce it. A postdoctoral researcher in neuropharmacology at John Hopkins university, working under the guidance of veteran psychedelic scientist Roland Griffiths. Uh, The researchers from John Hopkins University conducted research on the effects of salvinorin A uh, has on the brain. Salvinorin uh, A is a psychoactive compound found in salvia divinorum, which is, again, uh, used to be able to find salvia. that It was legal in most states, and they would sell it at pipe stores and head shops and stuff like that. Now it's illegal, I think, in a lot of places. There's probably, I think, a few states where it's still legal or it's like a gray area but um yeah all those videos were coming out with people doing crazy stuff after they smoke and people were posting it on uh you know youtube and stuff and even yeah uh hamilton morris did a good episode on hamilton's pharmacopoeia on it and they show that whole aspect of it how that that kind of stuff like going viral with like stupid videos of yourself doing it you know can have a negative effect and possibly even harm the potential for any sort of therapeutic you're talking about salvia, not that people were also, weren't they doing that with DMT too? Or, I mean, people do that. Yeah. There's videos on people with people doing that on YouTube. Um, I wonder I, how those even stay up. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with, I, I personally, I don't care what you, whatever you want to do, but you have to look at like the policies of things. And if you're just going to be reckless about it and not have, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we yeah. talk about reverent, having reverence all the time. So. Well, uh, I remember I, right when YouTube was coming out and there was a lot of people just, you acting a fool on there, you know, doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, generating I, views. Look, at the end of the day, um, again, I don't really care what people do, but you have to be smart about stuff. And if there's something in place and you're just going to be an idiot about it, that's a whole different story. I think that you see a lot of younger people doing stuff that they probably regret later on, but mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so... Researchers found that a significant decrease in the uh, synchrony of the default mode, net, uh, default mode network while subjects were in the fMRI under the effects of salvinorin A. So 
if you don't know what the default mode network is, it's, you know, we've talked about it many times on the podcast. You can look it up too. It's basically, uh, you're like normal. It's, it's like how you break things down in your mind. It's, it's your, it's literally what it sounds like. It's what you default to is consciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, the effects of Salvador and a on, uh, the default mode network came as a surprise since, this also happens under the effects of traditional psychedelics like psilocybin, DMT, LSD, and even cannabis. Um, there was also, I think, a recent-ish article about how cannabis uh, might not have, uh, a, or I don't know, something about the effects of the default mode network with cannabis. I'd have to look up that article. I forget exactly what the end result it was with that, but um, I should have added it in here. Most traditional psychedelics act on the serotonin receptors, but salvinorin A acts on the kappa opioid receptor. Salvinorin A is a very unique kappa uh, opioid agonist. Uh, Fred Barrett, who is a neuroscientist at John Hopkins, says this calls into question if the default mode network is the mechanism behind the traditional psychedelic experiences. Um, this is also unusual given how different salvia is uh, like their experiences are from other traditional psychedelics. So um, when you get into this that default mode network, they're saying that they think that that might be the mechanism behind how, you know, these psychedelics affect you, but maybe it's not now. Because if it's acting on the kappa opioid receptor, I mean, that's a whole different thing than the 5-HT2A receptor, which is what most psychedelics play off of. So... Mm-hmm. Um, this is also unusual given how uh, different the experiences are from traditional psychedelics. If it does not have similar effects on the default uh, mode network and the experience is different, uh, it acts on a different receptor. Therefore, it must be another mechanism behind the psychedelic experience. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I forget. Did you ever say, did you ever try Salvia? Um, a long, long, the first Bonnaroo we ever went to, again, I don't even know how potent the stuff was, but it was a the one, five minute, the, the one me, you and Rob went to. Yeah. Yeah. It was a five minute lift off with a, a real paranoia. You didn't do that aftertaste. with me though. You must've did it someone else. I don't remember that. I mean, all I remember is it being like 110 degrees and. 100 percent. it was humidity. not enjoyable ladies and gentlemen we drank like five <laughs> cases of water in like two days yeah i well the first but that bonnaroo that i went to i vowed to never go back again and then the band fish played and my the, the lead guitarist in my band bought the whole band bonnaroo tickets so i wasn't going to be like no i'm not going oh the second time you went the second time i went the bottom line is it was just as miserable it's mm. too hot to enjoy anything. Again, there's so many bands. You're like, oh, I'm going to go see them and this and that. And then when you get there, you're just in a – it's a farm. There's no shade. Right. It's 100 degrees. It's in It's in Tennessee in June, and it's just not a good time. So this is a mm. – I don't know if they're, they're going to be having concerts anymore, but people do not go to Bonnaroo. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of bunk now, right? Anyways, it's all like popular acts. It's not – what it used to be i think fish played there a couple years ago but it was almost like why are they even doing that you know well, it was kind of cool because it was a big uh amalgamation of of music like i saw erica badu snoop dogg and then fish yeah that's the cool look i like a collective of music too i'm just saying like back in the day though 
I mean, all the jam band. You think, you know, you name a jam band and they were playing there. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the weird thing was is that's when Fish was on a break and Trey was playing with uh, Dave Matthews Band and Tim Reynolds, right? Yeah, Dave, yeah. Dave and Friends or whatever they were called. Yeah, I actually went to Chicago and saw those guys. That was pretty fun. Yeah, and I even like Trey's solo uh, band a lot as well. Um, but yeah, that that Bonnaroo was that we went to was sick in terms of actors. Ween was there. Uh, I think Radiohead was there. String Cheese Incident. Um, who else? There's a lot of people. I mean, Wilco. I'm pretty sure. Dude, I'm, yeah, I you didn't back see my, that though. No, I didn't. see My any Morning Jacket. Oh, I, it makes me sick <laughs> to, to look back at the bands that we could have saw. But again. It was so hot that you're literally just you're trying to stay alive. That was let alone the, go see music. You're yeah, just trying that, to stay alive. I think that was the Grateful Dead. I don't remember. Was it Warren Haynes or Jimmy Herring? I, I can't remember, but I remember it being rainy and people were like mosh pitting and stuff. Yeah, remember we saw that one guy we called the Moses. He was leading. <laughs> yeah, the, this guy's parting the seas out in the middle of the, <laughs> the, the crowd. That was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I, well, we saw, I think we saw Primus. That was pretty. Cool. Primus was good. Yeah. Yeah, that that was cool. I liked that one a lot. Um, oh yeah, Umfreeze played like till like five o'clock in the morning one night, and uh, Vita Blue played a pretty sick show. Yeah, but again, I think there was a uh, the new D. There's all these bands. That I look back, I go, wow, I love that kind of music, and I just never, I didn't, I didn't have the energy for it. Yeah, yeah, that was our first Bonnaroo two, four and a half fingers. Um. And it was our last. <laughs> we went to the Fish It Festival that year, though, too. So much more enjoyable. Wait, yeah, the temperatures that was, were perfect. That was an amazing just... experience. The people, everything was cool. There wasn't any bunk stuff out there like you saw at Bonnaroo. Yeah, that's the other interesting thing. Like, if you go to a music festival, like a fish festival, everybody's there to see one band, so there is some kind of collective uh energy going again there there's 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 turds that go see fish but <laughs> if, for the most part everybody's you know you go to the if you go to bonnaroo now there's metal bands there's there's rap there's all kinds of stuff so it's like all these different groups of people coming together and you know which is awesome kind of though too i mean like in a way that aspect of it i like though too now i just don't like a lot of the more recent bands i guess is my thing like a, you and i were talking about this music's really kind of taken a tumble recently yeah, well, it's funny because I find these bands, there's this one band called The War on Drugs, and I'm like, oh, these guys are new, and then I look them up, and it's like, no, this is an older band. You just haven't found them till <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, that so. makes sense. All right, so back to psychedelic news. Oh, so just, uh, I also wanted to mention, too, uh, so I explain it more clearly with the default mode network. It, it is a network of interacting brain regions that is active when a person is not focused on the outside world. And that's what they were measuring uh, in the fMRI. So for anybody that was interested in that, again, you can look up default mode network. It's it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, okay, so this article was about like making bad trips good. Um, so researchers studied the stories and in-depth qualitative interviews of 50 Norwegian psychedelic users. Almost all of the participants have had bad trips or scary experiences while on psychedelics. The elements of these stories uh, had, you know, they had ego disillusion, loss of self, or, you know, feeling of going crazy. So, um, 
some of the participants rejected the term bad trip as they felt like these bad experiences had beneficial results and deep existential life altering insights, you know? So this is something we've talked about a lot before, right? Like on other episodes, um, we talked about how in my experiences, bad trips are just like you having to deal with your own stuff that you haven't been dealing with. You've put it on a shelf or you've, just decided not to face anything or whatever. And then the psychedelic comes in and acts, you know, they used to call it psychomimetics because it's like reflective of what's going on, you know, within you, in your mind. Yeah. The so deeper you bury your problem that, that, that psychedelic is going to dig it right back up for you. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with it during the trip. And that's what most people, they probably, most people I think that, that have that, um, again, they haven't dealt with it, but that maybe they're new to it. Maybe, they've taken a larger dose than they should have, or maybe they're new to the whole psychedelic thing and they're not aware. They think it's all going to be colors and love. And and sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And you have to be ready to deal with it when it's not. So Mm -hmm. I've actually shied away from that altogether unless I have a real life problem. That's the only time I'm really going to dive into that kind of stuff because it showed me that this isn't time for party. This is time for inter reflection and, and growing. Mm hmm. That's just personally my my views. I mean, look, I yeah, I like um I like that feeling of like a little bit of a paranoia or like got to get your sh- stuff together, you know? Like I I cuz it does make you feel like, oh, I have to tweak a couple things here. And if you get too can uh, you know, you get too stuck in like a rut or you get too um you know, complacent with where you are, you're at in life. It sometimes it, it mixes it up for you there. So, mm-hmm. uh, they concluded that frightening psychedelic experiences are common and those experiences can be transformed into insightful and beneficial experiences through, uh, storytelling. Um, another thought I had, um, recently was that maybe, um, you know, it can be terrible. You know, we talked about this last time. Sometimes when you take a large dose of psychedelics, it's like, oh, what did I just do? You know, it's like almost most times I've taken it, I get that like almost like instant regret. But it's not like, oh, I'm going to freak out about it. It's just like, and then it comes on and you're all good. And then, you know, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's that initial like coming up anxiety kind of a feeling. But then once you get in there, it feels like home to me. So that's my personal experience with it. But, um, those transformative experiences that being like hyper aware or, um, being a little scared again, that's normal. And I think that that's probably one of the aspects that is so transformative. Cause if you're stuck in your day-to-day consciousness, um, you know, day after day after day for however long, sometimes just that mixing it up or being in touch with something bigger than yourself, you know, does help you get to the next level or helps you reflect and figure things out. Yeah, I like what you said. Oh, I'm glad you approved. <laughs> More you approved. <sighs> and again, people that, you know, when it's Maurice and I, he talks. I don't tell him not to talk. I don't tell him to talk. Somebody commented about, you know, why doesn't Maurice talk more? He does whatever he wants. I, You know, there's plenty of times well, where I, I pause and let him try, you know, whatever. Well, if anyone that that's used uh, Skype, they know like when you have three people talking, 
first of all, when you talk over somebody, one it's going to highlight one person over the other. So if we're having a guest, I like to let these people be highlighted and I'm not going to try and step on anyone's toes. You know what I'm saying? Me and you kind of have a flow. I'll say a, a comment and you'll say something. We can go back and forth. But when we have someone on, especially a stranger, right. sometimes we'll have guests that have been on before. We kind of can get back into the flow. Yeah, but there's a rapport there. Absolutely. And we might make a shirt at some point that says, let, Maur- <laughs> let Maurice talk. So. Let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this one's interesting. So these are two compounds that I'm familiar with, psilocybin and DXM. DXM, uh, I don't even know. It's like dextromorphine or something like that. It's, it's the, uh, the compound that's found, you know, people robo-trip or... I think it's found in a lot of cough medicine. I don't know if it still is or not, but uh, I had some crazy experiences that we've talked about on past trip report. I think it was trip report part two or three. I forget, but we talked about it before. Um, so this study was talking, or the, the scientists behind this were Teresa Carbonero, Matthew Johnson, and Roland Griffiths. Matthew Johnson was just on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast. So if you have not checked that out go check that out that's a great uh episode uh matthew johnson's a really intelligent guy and uh i like what, a lot of what he had to say on the subject so i mean as far as scientists go you know a lot of scientists aren't going to take big leaps with what they're saying but you know you can tell if somebody's cool or not and those are the uh well the ones that do are going to be the ones that stand the test of time if you look back the teslas the einsteins these are the guys that push the envelope and i'm not even talking about i'm talking about specifically psychedelic scientists like these these people study like that guy studies psychedelics at johns hopkins uh-huh i get what you're saying like it's a visionary thing that you know other scientists in other fields have used but i'm saying specifically you know in the hard sciences whether it be psychopharmacology or you know whatever biology or whatever there's a lot of empirical research going you know so you'll see less of jump you know these jumps but i think that he seems like a pretty interesting guy that sounds like he's pretty creative so yeah go check that episode out with uh, lex friedman uh so they recently ran a study at the center for psychedelic consciousness at johns hopkins university uh, School of Medicine Center for Psychedelic Consciousness. I think that's a repeat, but mm. whatever. Where's the editor? <laughs> uh, it's me, and I don't <laughs> care. Uh, the study wanted to look into how and why psilocybin has been so popular and used for spiritual purposes for centuries. Uh, the National Institute on Drug Abuse does not consider psilocybin to be an addictive substance. I think anybody that's experienced psilocybin would agree with that you don't you don't come down and then go oh i can't wait to do that tomorrow or the next day or again and right away you know it's something Mm -hmm. that once you do it if you do it properly you don't want to do it again for a while you want to do real work on your life you know you want to get your stuff together so yeah um let's see here oh okay it was a double blind study uh, there were 20 healthy participants with a history of psychedelic use that were given doses of psilocybin, uh, dextromethorphan, I believe that's how you pronounce it, DXM, and a placebo during five experiment sessions. Uh, subjects were given the doses in a living room-like environment while they relaxed and listened to music. Most of the participants wanted to take the psilocybin again at some point 
while only a quarter of the participants wanted to take DXM again. Again, somebody that's done DX done both of these. DXM is not that great. It does not it's it's an experience for sure. It's not something that I would ever tell anybody or recommend it or anything like that. It's very weird. Very repeat, very robotic. Yeah. Um, very I witnessed it firsthand. Yeah. There's some hyperspace action going on. Um it's again, it's not my favorite thing. If it works for other people, cool. Um, but I mean we know some people that I think he even uh wanna mention, but maybe Pi was getting into it pretty deep at some point. Our buddy Pi. Um but yeah, I mean, have you ever, I don't remember. Oh, no, I've never done it. You just watched. Uh, I watched it firsthand. Yeah. Like a robotic movie. <laughs> and the mistake was putting on uh, Requiem for a Dream and like Spun and all these like messed yeah, up movies. Yeah. That was the mistake. Well, that's always a mistake. Uh, but yeah. Great films, but. Mm, yeah, I'm good. Once you see that once, you don't <laughs> need to see it again. I've seen Requiem probably four or five times. Yeah, you're a nutball. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, again, I'm going to put all these uh, articles down below the video after we're done. Okay. All right. This is an interesting one. This is part archaeological, part psychedelic. Uh, Datura and cave art found um, in California. So, there's an... Um, a Native American site found in California. I forget exactly where. Maybe I wrote it down there. But um, they found, uh, well, in a study published uh, Monday. This was a while ago. I, I typed this up a while ago. So in the journal uh, uh, Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, archaeologist researchers have found physical evidence of detura use in a site called Pinwheel Cave. Um the cave site is part of California's San uh, Migdio Mountains. Um, so this pinwheel cave, it has a painting of a rotating spiral unraveling from like a center point. Um, and there was previous speculation that maybe this had been connected to like shamanic rituals. I even read something that maybe something cosmological, almost like how you see these spiral type galaxy stuff on, you know, other sites and stuff like that. But um, on the ceiling, um, they also found, um, well, I'll go to this part first because this is more, the researchers now suggest that the art, that pinwheel, um, is actually a representation of the Datura flower, which is a psychedelic flower found in the area. So it wasn't a spiral galaxy or anything like that. It was actually, if you look at the top view of a Datura flower, it looked exactly like it. Like you can... Uh, you know, if you go to link after we're done that I'm going to put down there, you'll see that side by side, they look very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they found Datura fibers stuffed in the holes in the ceiling. Uh, the team then used 3D digital microsco uh, um, microscopy to determine uh, that there were bite marks and fibers proving that the their quids, you know, these, chew these chewing bundles... Uh, some of the bundles were dated to pre-Columbian dates around 1523 AD. Wow. Um, they also did a chemical analysis to look for uh, scopolamine and uh, tropine, which are active compounds in Datura. So those are, tro tropanes is like, 
found in Datura, Henbane. Um, there are these alkaloids that, you know, in if you've read uh, Brian Morescu's new book, The Immortality Key, he talks a lot about spiked wine and tropanes and, and that kind of thing because they're found, they're pretty prevalent around the world. Um, and different plants have these different alkaloids in them. Uh, scopolamine, I think that's what they use for motion sickness. I don't, I don't think they give you a large dose. Um, but I don't know about a tropine. I have never, uh, I know, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about a tropine, but yeah, these are, these tropanes are usually associated with like nightshades, um, which Maurice can't have because of his, uh, psoriasis. I, I'm not supposed to, but uh, I've been drinking. I, I'm eating everything and anything right now. I, I need to get back on that. Uh, this guy's uh, calling Patch Adams. <laughs> um, this is the first example of psychedelics or entheogens being found at a uh, you know at an ancient cave art site. So there's spec. Obviously, I think there's um, uh, Selva Pasalacqua in Spain. There's a cave where there's mushrooms that are clearly supposed to be mushrooms. I think there's another, um, cave art site in Algeria, like the oldest one, I believe. Um, and what they, so, um, these sites though, those, those with the mushroom murals and stuff like that, I don't, they've obviously never found any actual psychedelic mushroom. I mean, uh, that stuff's, super biodegradable i'd be shocked it'd have to be preserved in something i think all like thousand you know seven thousand years or six thousand years you know so that's that's, that stuff's not gonna hang around for a while uh so yeah pretty interesting stuff um again i've i know also we had matthew palomari on and he was talking about ayahuasca and he was saying some people actually or some shamans or, you know, Curandero, Curandero, whatever, uh, mix in, um, Datura into the batch. I don't, and I, he said, I forget what didn't, what did he say? He said it, he would never do it again. It was an interesting experience, but it wasn't like pleasant. So, and actually most people that experience tropanes that I've seen don't have amazing things to say about it. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go with their words and, uh, <laughs> stay, stay away. Um, yeah, I mean, and maybe they'll find doing all these tests and, uh, research, they'll find that maybe that there's a, a threshold, you know, or they'll know more about the dosages or something like that. Uh huh. So this was an article, I think this one was in Vice, uh, about Brian Morescu's book, The Immortality Key, which I just brought up, um, that early Christians drank spiked wine, um, he went, you know, he went looking for hard evidence of spiked psychoactive wine from ancient Greece and uh, the mystery traditions, and he found it. Um, and obviously, the mystery traditions influenced early Christianity because you go from uh, Plato and Gnosis and you know Gnosticos, and then you start getting into uh, the influences on um, you know Neoplatonism, which led eventually to Christianity. You know, you've got. Uh, a lot of that metaphysics transferring over. Um, in ancient Greece, wine was referred to as pharmacon or drug. Um, it was normal for them to spike the wine with herbs, plants, and other psychoactive compounds. Dioscorides, uh, who was an author of the ancient pharmacopoeia book uh, Materia Medica, 
uh, lived during the time uh, the Gospels were written in around the first century A.D. Um, in Brian's book, he discusses a find. Uh, so this is interesting. Yeah, I read this part in the book. This is also in the article. Uh, there's a find from Pompeii dated to the time of the eruption of Vesuvius in 79 AD. Um, and in 1996, seven large vessels were found, uh, with a thick organic deposit at the bottom of each. And the yellow foamy matrix from one of the vessels in particular contains, some um, fascinating stuff. Uh, the archaeologist Me, uh, Marina, uh, Ciaraldi, I believe is how you pronounce that, uh, Ciaraldi, um, found over 50 nightshades. Uh, the nightshade plants contain tropane alkaloids known for their hallucinogenic effects. Again, we just discussed tropanes. Uh, this included scopolamine, uh, which was known as the devil's breath. Um, the grape remains found in the sample also suggest the mixture was steeped in wine. Uh, she also found lizard bones in there. So mm. you got to get those lizard bones in there. Mix it all up and see what it's Well, you w- wonder, did the, like a lizard get in there? I mean, where are they getting lizard that, you know, I don't know that much. I've never been to Pompeii. Is there lizards around there? I'm, I'm sure. Look yeah. it up, young Jamie. Get to work. Um. Yeah, but that's interesting. Um. Obviously, if you don't know about Pompeii, you should look into it. It's pretty sweet. And if it, I know we've just recently turned a couple people onto it. If you haven't seen live from Pompeii, Pink Floyd, you need to check that out because it's the best Pink Floyd there is. It's weird, you know. Turn the lights down low, get a little weird. Turn on live from Pompeii. And um, get even weirder. Get even weirder. That used to be a treat for us, remember? Oh, I love that. Just getting That's... blown out and watching it being like, this is so weird. And even like the, the videography or the, you know, like the way that they shoot like the back of the amps that look like they're glistening with like diamonds and stuff, like all those old Fender amps and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it's also interspersed with uh, backstage clips of them making Dark Side of the Moon, which is super interesting too. So yeah. go out and check that out. There's a wall lizard in what in the wall yeah it's in pompeii that's what i was wondering because maybe some of these lizards just snuck into the vessel got a real high and died (laughs) yeah well it's funny because once you like i was in florida the other day and i didn't even i wasn't like looking and then all of a sudden i saw one lizard then i started paying attention and then you just see start seeing them all over the place uh martin joined us from the alchemical mind and he just uh wrote Lizard bones aren't surprising. There's a lot of rituals involving psychedelics around the world that involve animals, particularly mixing sheep or goat blood. And okay, so what about lizards, Mark? Yeah. Okay, we're not talking about sheep or goats. We're talking about lizards. All right. Okay, so this I just saw Rick Dublin uh, tweet this earlier uh, about the maps MD- MDMA trials. Uh, Maps founder Rick, Do- is it Doblin? Dublin? Doblin, I think. Uh, PhD just announced on Twitter that the first two uh, phase three studies of MDMA assisted psychotherapy for PTSD were statistically significant and it is considered a successful stage, uh, phase three study. Um, they negotiated with the FDA to end the study with 90 participants instead of the 100 that they were going for because obviously the current state of the world. Um, and the study took place at 15 sites. Two were in Canada, two were in Israel, and 11 were in the United States. Uh, 
the the Israel thing's interesting. I actually um, I thought it was just the U.S. and Canada, but that's kind of interesting. They they seem to be uh, pretty progressive with this stuff too. Hopefully, yeah, they do a ton of uh, cannabis research there. Do they? Yeah. Um, the um they double checked and went through all the data carefully since you know it's a rigorous process they're dealing with the FDA the DEA you know they're dealing with all these different agencies to try and um obviously uh you know jump through the hoops to do all this you know amazing research that's actually shown to help people especially with PTSD um you know you got all these soldiers with PTSD you know, you people have traumatic experiences and again, I'm not saying people should do these, you know, compounds or shouldn't or anything like that. I think that if you have as many options on the table, I think that's the best policy because we're all different. We all have different, uh, neuroses. We all have different anxiety, depression. We have all different sorts of disorders. Um, so I think it's good to have as many options out there as possible. I mean, maybe a combination of two, one, you know, or whatever. I think that, again, that more options, the better. Absolutely. The more tools you have in your toolbox, the more stuff you can get start getting fixed. Right. So. Okay. Uh, this was just, uh, so the 5MEO movie just came out, I think, uh, recently. I haven't checked it out yet. I'm going to check that out. And also Fantastic Fungi. I've been meaning to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. But check those two new psychedelic-related documentaries out, and we were gonna we're probably gonna do some reviews on them. Uh, but either way, again, they're worth checking Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Okay. So I think this is a new one. This article. Um, DMT research gives hope to stroke victims. So a new research study shows DMT or dimethyltryptamine reduces the cellular stress um, caused by strokes. So um, I guess it also speeds up the recovery time in rats. Uh, these findings show potential for more research with DMT in association with neurological disorders. So, um, you know, in terms of you know, DMT, you know, studies and stuff like that. Obviously, when you look at the mind, you know, they know that it's produced in very low amounts, but I don't think they've ever been able, I mean, I've read all the studies, the U of the recent U of M study, which is, that one's interesting because they induce um, mice into cardiac arrest and they found uh, levels of DMT not just in the pineal gland, but in the entire brain or the samples that they took. And we talked about that um, a while back when we had Dr. Rick Strassman on because obviously he did a ton of research with DMT and he's probably most famous for that. But, um, you know, we went back and forth with him about that. That's actually still a good episode. You can go back and check that out. Uh, I don't know what number it is, but probably did it five or six months ago. Um, so the 5-HT2A serotonin receptors are the receptors that most traditional psychedelics, including DMT, play off of. So um, recently, um, DMT has been found to bind to the sigma-1 receptor, the SIG-1R receptor. Uh, sigma-1 receptors regulate the response of the neurocells to stressors. Uh, cells can become... Um, uh, I don't even know what I put there, but, uh, due to the lack of, okay. So cells become stressed 
you know, like the, the, the cells that they're talking about when people have strokes, they become stressed because of a lack of oxygen and other nutrients. Um, so DMT has been found to actually reduce that stress. So after it's been stressed, it's been shown to reduce that stress afterwards. Mm. Um, more research obviously needs to be done. They said it specifically on the motor function afterwards because there was only one motor function performed, I believe, in the rats or the mice um, uh, in the study. So they, I think they need to come up with some way to do, like, you know, how people can microdose psilocybin. Yeah. They need to have that for DMT. Well, I mean, so do, what do you do then? Do you smoke a tiny amount? or vape it or do you ingest it you know like a you take a mao uh inhibitor with something containing dmt you know like what what's the what what do you do you know like what's the the mechanism you know like what's the mechanism that you do that i don't know obviously there's gonna be way more research done ho but home mycology no the dmt doesn't reduce stress it reduces the stress that it's put on the cells after a stroke episode so after somebody gets stroked out uh, their, their cells are, are, you know, stressed out. So the, the lack of the oxygen and all the stuff. So the DMT reduces the, the effects afterwards. Um, let's see here. Yeah. That, that's what I was saying. The MAO and the, uh, DMT yeah, capsule, you can do that. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Cause that's a kind of an interesting one, right? Like a nerd, like a stroke, like you wouldn't think of a psychedelic having a positive effect on somebody that had a stroke. Maybe I guess. Well, you know that the THC or the CBD has the effect for the, the epilepsy and stuff. So if it can, I don't know. Yeah. Strokes are different obviously than seizures, but if they have those properties to, to help with seizures, I would think that, other stuff, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm no scientist, but uh, <laughs> really, well, the this just in Maurice is no scientist. Listen, the bottom line is that a lot of these drugs have beneficial properties that we have we 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 just haven't even tapped into. So it's like you know, the FDA was calling out cannabis, saying there's no pharmaceutical properties to it. Obviously, that's a bunch of horse pucky. So who knows what the what the the uh the effects of LSD, DMT, MDMA, all that kind of stuff. There's got to be multiple multiple purposes for it. I mean, we just cracked open cannabis and now all these other chemicals are coming out that we didn't even know that were in there and who knows what the properties are for those. So as soon as you get funding, like I, you know, I, uh, cannabis is now becoming federally legal. Wait till that happens because then the funding. Yeah, what were those? Other, what were those ones that we were doing? We were trying like THCA and like all these like weird uh, extracts that you know. That's obviously still connected to the THC, which is the psychoactive. No, I know, but, yeah, but those are offshoots from the right. THC. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I like it was like a clear, less, you know, invasive kind of a thing doesn't last as long no it doesn't um yeah i mean i'm I'm all in on this stuff man i mean i you know me um let's see here okay so this one's called tabernanthalog a non-hallucinogenic analog with treatment potential so i saw dr andrew gallimore tweet about this and he was saying how 
people that are all in on the psychedelics and think that that's the solution kind of a thing or you know the the actual who's genic or you know metaphysical experience part of it is you know like people that think that that's the only thing you know the only game in town that they might have a problem with this and i do know that there's people out there that think that way again i'll just keep restating it my philosophy is more options on the table as possible so uh, this one is about how ibogaine, the psychedelic alkaloid uh, that comes from the iboga plant found in uh, Western Africa, has an anti-addictive property uh, or has anti-addictive properties that has success uh, with treatment-resistant drug abusers. Um, it has also shown promise in humans and animals. Uh, people addicted to alcohol, stimulants, and opiates have had great success with it. I've heard podcasts where people have done it once or twice and then put everything down. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good thing. Uh, the effects of Ibogaine are long lasting and, uh, this extended neural circuitry modification is what researchers believe activates, uh, the neurotrophic factor signaling. So this is basically to break this science, you know, talk down into layman's terms. Um, and as somebody that has OCD, when you have one of these psychedelic experiences and you're trapped in your own mind normally, like you're, you're trapped in your own depression or you're trapped in your own anxiety or you're trapped in your own addiction, um, just having that, um, that experience that creates some sort of neuroplasticity and your brain becomes more malleable and it's less, you know, stuck in that one track or that one way of thinking or that like loop, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what it does. So if you have that you know, this long lasting effect, like if you have that experience for like a long time, the more time you're in there, the more malleable, I would assume your brain and your neurons become. That's just my guess. But, um, so the, the, the reason why they created this though, it's a safety concerns surround the potential and tendency to induce cardiac arrhythmias. So researchers, researchers have engineered tabernathalog, so I think it's Tabernathy is like the scientific name for iboga plant, but uh, Tabernathalog is water-soluble, non-hallucinogenic, non-toxic analog of ibogaine that can be prepared in a single step, according to researchers. So again, um, for me personally, that having that experience on you know psilocybin or whatever you know in the past that I've done having that that macro dose or whatever and having that experience it's it for me it is the metaphysical connection it is that communion with something greater or meditating in the darkness and coming out with amazing insights and ideas it's it's that that aspect of it is the part that helps me now that's just me personally so if somebody doesn't want to have a hallucinogenic experience and they want the 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 um the effects the positive effects which would be you know reducing their abuse of drugs or alcohol or whatever, that should be an option, you know? Oh yeah. So again, the more options, the better. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking we'll see some more of that. I think that there's two parts of that. There's P there's the part where, yeah, they're going to try and like separate these alkaloids and, you know, create these medicines from these alkaloids and different things. And I think that that's great. I think that we just have to make sure that, that both are available. So, the psychedelic hallucinogenic aspect for the people that need the metaphysical, like to mix it up in their mind or, you know, something like that. And then also 
the non-hallucinogenic for people that don't want that experience or don't want to take the risk of whatever possible side effects that come with that mental or physical. So, um, yeah, that's interesting research. We'll see what happens to that. Well, the problem is like everybody was built up. It's like, Oh, you want to get off drugs and I'm going to take another drug to get off the drug. But there's obviously good drugs and bad drugs and alcohol and uh, the farm, you know, some of the, like the heroines and things like that. Yeah. That's, those are way more clad. There's, there's no, production coming out of well those. and those are... what's the solution because you know you see you know more and more addiction out there and obviously it's been a huge problem we've had our buddy on the show you know talking about opiates and pills and um you know it's it's a big issue i mean we've known people that have died that we grew up with you know we've known a decent amount of people that have overdosed on you know so yeah and you know it, it can be somebody that, you know, that's an addict or somebody that just uses the substance you know um uh, you know, just a few times here and there, but it's, you know, you got to test your stuff too. So if you're, if you're using these substances, make sure you have a testing kit, make sure you know what you're doing. And that even mm-hmm. goes like we were talking about before to cannabis, know where you're getting your cannabis from, go to a dispensary, go to somewhere where it's, they test their stuff. You don't want any, you know, with carts and all these things out there, you got to make sure that there's no BS in there. You know, you don't want to, I'm telling you, you don't want to deal with that. Well, that's that's why the the idea of having drugs be legal is there's 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 some good honest uh, movement to that thought because then people can test things like if 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 it is an addiction and it isn't a d- disease like alcohol or heroin or whatever then why do we still shun it like it's not a disease like if heroin's a disease then let's get this out into the front and let's help these people overcome their disease. But that's what I'm saying is like, there hasn't been any like breakthrough, you know, like, yeah, they're passing laws to make it less stigmatized and that's great, you know, but at the same time, what, what kind of treatment, like, what are the options? Like what, how are they going to fix this? It can't just be, Oh, well, you know, whatever. It's just how it is. Like I, I don't buy it. Like I, you know, let's figure it out. Right. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, you have to obviously change that. We have a we have a close uh, family member who's de- who's dealing with some addictions, and it's like you need to change the pattern of your life. You got to change your friends. It's a whole new uh, structure that you have to implement. So again, if some of these psychedelics can help your brain, like you said, you get into these mind loops mm-hmm. or whatever. You need these things to kind of untangle you. Then that's so be it. But. Right. No. What's I, what's the what's you got to weigh your options? Do you want to go keep doing the same thing over and over again? You get clean. You 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 partake in life for a little while, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you're back on the thing. And obviously, some people are stronger than others, but at the bottom line of it all, it's still a disease. So that's why I I, I don't understand it. It's like you're saying that you know cancer is a disease, right? So you can go to the doctor. You can get kind of all kinds of treatments for this cancer. Right. If you have alcoholism, obviously that's legal that you can get treated for that disease. But what's the difference between that and heroin or, or crack or whatever these drugs are? You know, the, the, the funny thing is a lot of these, these, these addictions now are coming from pharmaceuticals that are being implemented by the, by the government from the get go. So it's like, you don't want to help right. heal these things. I don't know, man, it's a roundabout. Right. Right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day too, when you're talking about like, you have to want, like these people have to obviously want to get clean um, or want help or, Absolutely. And, I, and I know there's some people that want help that just can't do it or they can't do it yet or whatever. And that's understandable too. But at some point, you know, like I know I always bring it up, but 
you know, Plato and Socrates and like Socrates, you know, comments, you know, a couple times about how you need like a high, like a higher calling or a higher order or something, you know, it doesn't have to even be like a God, but let's just say God in, in general, not a bearded Zeus guy in the sky, but some metaphysical energy that encompasses us all or the universe or whatever, having knowledge of some sort of external thing that you can kind of rely on. It takes a little bit of pressure, you know, off of your shoulders. And I think mm-hmm. that we're in a weird time for humanity where there is no higher thing. People, you know, most science is reductionist materialism. And that is very depressing to know that, you know, if you're being told there's nothing more to life than being born and working and going through day-to-day consciousness and then dying. I know that sounds terrible. That's how a lot of these scientists and evolutionary biologists, I mean, there's some cool ones out there, but that's how a lot of these people think. And if they're out there spreading this word, they're just modern day sophists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause they don't know at the end of the day, they don't know we've, we haven't been, we haven't landed another person on another planet and even in our own solar system. So to say that they understand the secrets to the universe is, blows my mind when i hear like brian cox your favorite person don't or, even say his name or like uh you know richard dawkins pretend like they know everything like bro no you don't richard dawkins even admitted he's had the opportunity to take psychedelics and he's not gonna do it and he doesn't care and he doesn't but it's like that would blow your mind that might even change your views on the universe but don't try it because it might have a positive impact on you mm-hmm. i don't know well it's going we're, we're having a shift in uh in thoughts coming soon so everything's changing in the world but the yeah. legalization of the cannabis is the first thing to go again it's a lot more people that are are younger and they're coming into power and they they don't see any negative to this stuff and the, the, the whole fda saying there is no pharmaceutical need for the cannabis well is look really asinine i that's why we talk about metaphysics and metaphysical things on this podcast i believe there's more to life but i'm also open to the idea that this is it too. But at the same time, you have enough people, you know, saying that this is it or like pushing that agenda that you need some, you need that balance. Cause there, that might not, this might not be it, you know, mm-hmm. and that could ruin somebody's life by, or in just, you know, for instance, you have all these people that are like leaving religions or cults or whatever, you know, and I don't think, you know, if you're in some sort of abusive thing like that or in an organization or whatever, obviously get out of there, you know, but that doesn't mean that life isn't spiritual and there's not more to life or, you know, teleology or purpose, you know, like that. Again, that's why we talk about this stuff on the show. So good points. Um, psilocybin treatments for major depression. So this is. I love psilocybin, and it's a fungi, right? Right, home mycology is not a drug; it's a fungi. Um, it's a it's a fungus among us. <laughs> um, fungus. So John Hopkins did a small study with adults with major depression. Uh, two doses of psilocybin were given with supportive psychotherapy, and it produced rapid and large reductions in depression uh, depressive symptoms. Most participants showed improvement. And half of the study participants achieved remission through a four-week follow-up. Again, my personal experience with psilocybin, it's amazing in the sense that it helps you reset your mind and kind of get you out of that loop. For OCD, it'll, it might break you out of that thought loop or that mind loop, you know? Um, and when that's the case, it's not done. It's not a silver bullet. You then need to do the CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy, and undo, you know, 
the ball of yarn that you've created in your mind through all these bad thought habits and it's not anybody's fault it's just how it goes sometimes so it's not like i asked for it in my life it's just something i've had to deal with so um let's see here psilocybin has great results treating serious depression and anxiety disorders again i have my own personal story with psilocybin uh i completely forgot we we have a blog and i'll write an i'll write up another one here shortly but if you go to our website we do have a blog where i wrote about my experience uh with ocd and psilocybin and how i've used it and integrated it into my therapy and all that stuff so mm-hmm. Very good um stuff. yeah and people are talking about you know on the comments like microdosing yeah we had uh Adam Bramlage on. If you don't follow him, check him out at Hummingbird Medicinals on Instagram, and also he's on Facebook. I think he's got a uh, he's got a group on Facebook called Flow State, I believe. Uh, but Adam, yeah, he's always doing something. Adam's a good guy. He's really into you know he's uh, he just did a interesting uh, talk with uh, James Fadiman, who you know I think he's pretty much the founder of the idea of microdosing from Harvard, um, and they. Uh, you know, they're going back and forth and it's not just the psilocybin, it's lion's mane, it's reishi, you know, there's all these different amazing mushrooms. And again, I urge people to go check out the Paul Stamets episodes, uh, on, uh, Joe Rogan as well. Cause those are great episodes where they go through, um, a lot of the different, you know, myths and even, you know, they talk even about, uh, I think one of them, even Paul talks about taking, uh, I forget what species of Amanita it is, but he has some crazy weird effects. So, um, but yeah, check out those and, uh, good stuff. But, uh, that's it for the articles. Um, but yeah, what'd you think? I mean, there's lots of cool research going on right now. Yeah. I I like it. I like all this new study going on. And like I said, it's just going to keep growing and growing. Yeah. And again, I mean, different, again, it's all about options. You know, whether you're into microdosing, macrodosing, you know, you're waiting to see the research on this or that, you know, and there's always new research coming out. Um, and how much of it, you know, is the placebo too? And not even just in the sense that does it have an effect on you, but, you know, what's it doing to your mind? You know, could taking these substances, if you think, the placebo in this way. So like whatever you're thinking about, I think about these things. It's not even just a mirror of like your issues or whatever, but it's also a mirror of like what you're into. So like, um, if I'm studying or I'm looking up some esoteric stuff and I have a psilocybin experience, I'm going to think about that kind of, or that stuff's going to come up in different ways. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it really depends but uh i think it it does reflect like what you're into at the time similar to how people talk about like ufo's and like the ufo experience and like encounters with these be you know things like that it's similar it's like it's what you think about it however you think about um uh you know what you're studying so it gets similar to almost like mushrooms in the sense that you know you take mushrooms and or psilocybin and it's reflective again of what you're that's just my experience. I think a lot, there's probably people that can attest to that, but that's just what I've uh, what I've experienced there. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that in terms of it being like a psychomimetic or being reflective of not just your your moods, anxieties, or neuroses or anything like that, but also 
like things you're into, you know, because when we were younger, all we did was go to fish shows and, you know, psilocybin experiences and, you know, LSD and different things. And, um, all I used to think about was music. I think it just connects you to to anything that you're already passionate about in the first place. But again, I, you know, I, I, I I'm a big proponent that whatever is within you is reflected to the outside world. So if these things are just an enhancement of your natural state, then that would make a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think, uh, and people are commenting on like entities like aliens and DMT elves and psychedelica. That's what we're going to talk about when we, we do get, uh, Dr. David Luke back, uh, on here. We, again, we had technical difficulties earlier and we can do the episode, but we're going to reschedule. But, uh, that's what I plan on talking about. Cause he's big into that and does studies and research on that. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, that was I was looking forward to that. Unfortunately, we kind of had to switch gears, but in the live broadcasting world, you got to be able to think on a fly, baby. And uh, yes, is it cafe or cafe? Uh, we did talk about the salvinorum B uh, metho uh, uh, methoxy methyl ether earlier because I was saying I saw uh, Dr. Andrew Gallimore tweet about it on Twitter. Um, and we were talking about how who would want to participate in that study if if anybody smoked salvia. It's like super intense. You know, it's two, three minutes long. I've had a handful of experiences and I can't imagine doing that for hours. So, uh-huh. yeah, that's uh, the experience that I had. Uh, it wasn't even that in, it wasn't that high of a concentrate, but I, I felt like everybody was against me and uh, <laughs> I laughed hysterically. <laughs> I just remember quite, being like this like fractal falling pit, you know, a couple times falling. I fell a couple times. I think one time I was even sitting and I still fell. Uh, <laughs> chew on that, folks. Um, and yeah, it's just like the ref- fractal repeat land. Um, I would actually say that maybe that there's some crossover with the DXM in the sense of that, like the repeat, the experience I had. Maybe in... Maybe that was just anecdotal in the sense that maybe, obviously, I have OCD, so maybe that was part of it. You know, like, maybe that uh-huh. played into it. I don't know. You know, that's why I'm saying these things are so weird. Uh, you don't know other people's mindsets or, like, what, you know, how they think or the way they think. So it's really hard to, to grasp how other people are experiencing these um, compounds. Yeah, you never know how someone's going to react to it. That's why we can't be like, this is perfect for you or this is perfect for them and Everybody, you just got to kind of do your own due diligence and uh, find out what works for you. I mean, if, let's, if you were to try a new psychedelic that you've never done before, what would you do? Man, I don't know. I, I'm like not, knowing what you know, we've done all the episodes. We've talked to a lot of scientists and doctors, you know, who, you know, we've talked to Rick Strassman, you know, we've talked to Gallimore. We've something talked, I haven't done before. Yeah. I don't know. I, I the DMT thing, the the smoking because there's no hangover and it's not like gonna it's not gonna wreck my day, if you will. I don't know. I I'm past that kind of stuff. Like I I don't want to be stuck in something for hours. Yeah. Unless I absolutely need to be. So that's why I would probably gravitate towards something that's more of a faster uh up and down and get yeah. get in and out, but. Uh, I don't know. Tri- I, I, trip I'm to know. 
I want to put trip to nowhere. You just asked about studies for terminal cancer. They're doing that in Canada right now, trip to nowhere. So look into the Canadian studies. I don't know if it's possible to get in that for your friend's mom, but that's something to look into. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know what I would try. I would probably, maybe, I mean, I, we've talked about it. I would try DMT. I'm not going to go looking for it, but if it, finds me i'm down it just very might well <laughs> if this thing blows if this podcast blows up i might be forced to at some point yeah um but yeah i i i don't know i'm trying to think what else i haven't done maybe iboga i don't know um well i get into these weird states where it's like hey, if i'm doing well then i really don't want to tamper with anything you know what i'm saying like I've stopped smoking cannabis and stuff like that. I'm pretty, I'm in a pretty good state right now. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm good where I am, that's, that's why. Yeah, how crazy that you, you smoke your whole life. And now that it's federal or, uh, <laughs> it's I don't le- like doing stuff. Not, really now it's free, recreational bro. legal in your state. And you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. I'm a hip, I'm, I'm the weed I'm hipster. Right. <laughs> if I don't have to hide under a bridge, uh, I'm not going to do it then. Oh, it's legal here. Oh yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Not Thanks. cool, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. not cool. <laughs> No, again, it's just like yeah. I said. If I'm happy how I am, then why, why microdose? Why take big, my macro? Why do anything? Why not live in the, in the present and uh, enjoy what's going on here? I'm sure, I'm sure the downs will come again, and I'll have to go back to the drawing board. But it's all about building up these tools when you know that you have to, when you know that something's coming, because you know life's an up and down. So you're you're never gonna be up at one, for the whole time. When you get back down, you'll have these tools, and you can get back into that toolbox and use them to help you get out of that rut. And it looks like home mycology done forty four grams dry to psilocybin. We got a winner winner chicken dinner. I don't know if anybody's beaten that, but well, I, I, not me. Yeah, no. I mean, the most I, I thought ten was insane for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. You think I do get to one point, like let's say you eat 20 grams, uh, anything after that's just kind of redundant? That's or? a good question. I, I've always thought about that too because I've done seven a few times and there was a difference between seven and 10, but it wasn't like going from three to seven, if that makes sense. And we were talking about taking a, like MDMA and stuff like that. Actually, once you get to a certain like high then when you're taking more, you're just kind of sustaining that same feeling. So it's not like when you take more and more, you're just keeping higher and higher and higher. It's yeah, like, polo. Like just... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you get that, I don't know. I mean, what what do you think? For what? Let's see if home mycology will respond. What's is there a difference between you know? Can you reach a threshold where it doesn't really make a difference anymore? Home, like if you do, let's say twenty versus uh 44 like you said oh no he's they're saying you go to different places i'm sure okay. well it is a poison so again we we, we got to put a disclaimer out there that we don't advise on any of this stuff That's, what are you talking about it's poison what are you talking about right now psilocybin what are you talking yeah I don't it's a form of poison is it not no I thought that was the whole. That was what what's going on is you're you're blocking different things off in your mind. No, it's uh, again if you listen to the episode we just did, this the psilocybin gets broken down in your gut into psilocin, okay, 
and then it plays off of you. Most of your serotonin's in your gut, so it plays off of your five HT2A receptors. So it's just it's like an agonist. It's just like working off of you have receptors. It's hard to explain. Okay, so like most people uh, that have anxiety or depression uh, issues, um, they're given like an SSRI or they're given um, something that like like regulates your serotonin. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what this is doing is it's just like playing off of that. Like these, these mimic those receptors that are found in your body, but they're different if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that, but there's no lethal dose of psilocybin. I just read it's one of the safest, um, look it up. I don't think there, I think it's probably astronomical. Wow. Well, that's definitely so something. That's you're wrong, and I'll call you out, bro. Well, again, I've never claimed to be right, and I, that everybody knows that I'm no scientist. But you know, when you're growing up, everybody tells you that these things are. Uh, Those are urban legends that you heard when you were 15 years old. You're, you know, we've done how many episodes on this now? I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna get real mad right now. Well, let's. I'm gonna go right to the source here, Erwid. <laughs> Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you, too. Irwin's got a good threshold and dosage uh, graph thing there. So I'll go and do a fax. I got to go back on Irwin. I haven't been on in a while. We used to use that. That used to be the main resource. I yeah, think, I think even thing. LSD, it's like an insane amount of LSD that you have to take, too. It's not like that urban legend that... Our, I'm not going to name it, but our science teacher said where the guy was running and he started to sweat and he had a, a sheet in his, you know, yeah. uh, you know, so I don't think that that's the case. Well, yeah. It's, so, yeah. People are saying many pounds before it becomes, you know, an issue. All right. I still look it up though. Cause I am interested in what it has to say. I mean, it's the same thing with cannabis. Like you have to eat like blocks yeah, of hash. Well, like impossible. Right. But you can, but you, you can die from water. That lady that died, True. you know, that contest to win her son, like a Wii or an Xbox or something, she died drinking like jugs and gallons of water. So, right. I mean, you got to be careful to over, you know, not to overdo everything. Yeah. People are saying, yeah, you can like pass out and not remember. Of course. Um, somebody's saying salvia, you black out, uh, at highest dose. You know what's interesting? I, has anybody here that's listening, have, have any of you tried Blue Lotus? Because the active alkaloid and the aporphine. Uh, if anybody's tried that, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Because there's lots of Blue Lotus imagery found uh, in ancient Egypt and uh, hieroglyphs. It says out of more than 1,200 or 12,000 users who took psilocybin, only 0.2% reported emergency medical treatment. That that rate is five. Yeah, times man, you, you listen to that Eminem song one too many times, and uh... well, that's that. It's just it's just saying that it's a lot, it's so much. Say it's five times safer than MDMA, LSD, and well, obviously cocaine. Yeah, because I think MDMA is that like a great like. Watch that episode that I was talking about. Yeah, I was telling you about with Lex Friedman and uh, um, Johnson. What whatever is uh, is it Andrew Johnson? I forget. Anyways, because uh, they talk about that how like MDMA is kind of a gray area in the sense that if you have like heart issues or something, it might not be the best if you overdo the dosage. Right. So. I mean, phenet uh, phenethylamines, uh, that can't be great for your heart at certain, you know. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, well yeah, I mean, it's uh, so that's that's what Irwin said. It didn't give. Erwood uh, said really nothing about it. Then I just typed in, or is it lethal to take psilocybin yeah. mushrooms? And yeah, you type it into Erwood, Ur- and they're like, are you fucking, you in the are, face. You kidding, are you fucking kidding me? You're asking this question? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, same thing with, I think, LSDs somewhat, you know, same boat with that. I think that obviously LSD can be more potent, and people, it's a little bit more heady. Maybe you know, It's more detrimental to your actual sanity, I would think. <clears throat> well, again, we've talked about that. I mean, there's obviously... You know, Hamilton Morris always talks about that experience he had with a, uh, a some, I don't even know what it was. It was, I think it was a psilocybin derivative or something like that. And one of his friends who might've already had he- mental health issues had like a psychotic break. So like a very small amount of people who may be on the cusp of having some psychotic break, or maybe they have a history of like schizophrenia or, you know, it's in their genetics or something like that, but it's not a large amount. Yeah, it's just going to induce kind of what's already inside of you anyway. Right. You just, look, you got to be careful with anything. And anytime you do anything that's going to alter your mind like that, you have to be prepared. And if you have any questions, definitely talk to a doctor before you do anything crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So. Beautiful. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. What... Uh, we're going to try and get some more episodes in here um, before uh, the old Xmas, but... Uh, oh, I'm sure we'll get one or two for sure. Yeah, we have a couple guests, and uh, again, we're going to try and reschedule that Dr. David Luke episode, and uh, I have a bunch of you know cool stuff and guests coming on for after Christmas, and uh, yeah, should be a, a great year coming up in terms of the podcast at least i mean the rest of the world i guess we'll see yeah i think everybody's ready to get through this year i know i've had my ups and downs but it's turning around for the positive and we're just shooting out love and gratitude and all those positive vibes to all our listeners we appreciate you guys make sure to yeah, hit that we, like look, button subscribe we love you we love you all everybody that supports the show you know shout out home mycology and alchemical mind martin and Sandy, we know you're out there somewhere. Um, and you know, everybody listening right now, um, you know, we love you and all of our Patreons or patrons. We love you. Um, again, if you haven't checked us out on discord, I would like our discord to be a little bit more active. It's been kind of, uh, lame, but I think we just need more people in there. So that'll eventually come with time. But, uh, yeah, if you want to chat and also with the Patreon, what we're going to do is fan episodes. So if you want to talk with us, you know, and do an episode with us. I want to start doing stuff where we talk with our, you know, listeners and our fans and uh, have a back and forth and then upload it as an actual episode too. So I think that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. We did a discord, uh, fan conversation with a couple of people. It went real well. Yeah. I mean, we didn't put it out there, but we'll put the next one out there. Um, and then also too, we're going to start doing the secret episode thing. I've got some cool ideas in mind, experiments and different things where, uh, again, if you're in the secret uh, secret escapee tier, which I believe is $10 a month, you're going to get some some cool shit coming up. I'm just going to say that. There's going to be some outside-the-box podcast shit that I've never seen. So, And that's brought to you by psilocybin. Okay, folks? <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen. So, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But again, we love everybody. 
we're going to do some more uh, here towards the end of the year. And then, uh, yeah, we've been doing this for about three years now. It doesn't feel like that long. And uh, but uh, Oh, it's crazy to think back on some of these episodes. It's like you, 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 you're you fully in, encased in the episode. And then when you think back on, you know, episode 50 or something, you, you're like, wow, I, that, that seems so long ago. Oh, I go back and I'll, I'll like just turn on like an old one, like one of the first. I'll be, I'll, I'll cringe. I'll be like, I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I said that. But that's good. That's I a think, good learning experience. Yeah, and growth. I, but I think it's cool to also go look back and be like, look how much I've learned since then. You know, like my curiosity's taken me down this path where I know that that was wrong. You know, or I know that I figured this out since then. So. Yeah, like the first episode we had uh, Tom Lane on. I mean, there's so much good information out there, I and mean, you might not have, you might have had different views or this and that, but it's still good to go back on these old episodes and and revisit them. They say the mind, like when you read a book, you only really retain 20% of it. I know you 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 have more of a good memory and things like that, but I almost have to go back and watch the episodes a couple times just to retain all the information that's being spewed. Right. You know, maybe at some, I was thinking too, you know, maybe even doing some psychedelic experiments too for the secret episodes. That might be kind of cool. Might get weird. I don't know how yeah. interesting it'll be to listen to, but. Might be a dark room and just <laughs> talking. Uh, uh, or we could recreate the acid tests. Yeah. Let us know what you think, ladies and gentlemen. The electrocuted acid tests. We should, you know what I was thinking too is we should, what if we played a little show for people as a secret episode too? Since we're both musicians. That'd be phenomenal. I've been getting my uh, chops up. We could get a whole band going. Yeah, do a little jam session for people. Yep. I mean, I don't know if people love... I don't. I mean, I, I know we do have people that like and love Fish and Grateful Dead and jam bands and stuff, but we've created some interesting uh, uh, original music in the past. We could play some of our old songs. Home Mycology is ready to mix up. Let's do it. Let's Let's get crazy. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll have to figure that out. I don't know. I might either have to get an acoustic guitar or maybe I can plug my electric setup into my uh, interface and do it that way. I don't know if you can have two things running through this program at once. I'll have to try that. So, yeah, good. Lots of good stuff in the work. 2021, of, we're going to be coming at you. Yeah, we will. Are you and, staying in Chi-Town for the holidays? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Staying probably the smart move. Staying safe, staying chill. Yes, sir. Yes, There's sir. just no reason. I mean, it's it's the holidays, you know. It's well, just, you got your own family. You're starting up well, your own traditions. What, yeah, that. I mean, well, my wife and I did. We went. We took. I sent you the picture. We we did our own Thanksgiving. We took this thing over the top. Smorgasbord. It was a real smorgasbord. I'm I'm talking, you know, roast chicken. We got. Yeah. Sweet mashed potatoes. We've got uh, regular mashed potatoes. We've got Hawaiian rolls. You know, we've got. Uh, I'm not even that big of a fan of the turkey. I had a homemade uh, apple pie. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I had a friend bring me over prime rib. Now that's how you do a Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, I forgot too. These are the shirts. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're right there right there for us so we do have shirts available if you're interested send me an email we'll figure it out i we will might we might do something on our patron patreon too for people where you accumulate i think a couple months and you'll get you know like a shirt or a mug yeah we could do some giveaways or something if anybody has any uh ideas leave a comment below we're always interested in that yeah 
for sure. We're just going to be building this community when we got uh, Indra's web. If you want to pop up that little decal there. And, oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. Here. Yeah, this is going to be going live soon. Indra's web. I know I keep saying that, but it really is. I've just... Uh, I was waiting till things die down in the media. It seems like it has, or at least as much as it's going to for the foreseeable future. So we're going to do this thing and maybe it'll actually make a dent in this crazy world that we live in today. So more people talking about philosophy and rational discourse and, uh, yeah, just get people, you know, thinking and get people like wanting to learn how to think and look things up and do research and not just hear one thing and repeat it or, you know, getting fights with people, you know, via the Dunning-Kruger effect, so. Well, yeah, we, we, I, one of the best books I read was The Fall of the Human Intellect. We, people just aren't using their intellect anymore. It's a difference between in, intelligence and intellect. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going off, like, instinct, too. They're reverting back to an instinct, but it's not the good instinct, like running away from a bear that's chasing you. It's, like, the instinct, like... I'm going to click on this button, you know, or I'm going to talk shit to this person mentality. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to talk shit to this person, you know, or, you know, Uh they they reverted back to some form of, you know, tribalism or again, it could be psychological stuff too, narcissism and stuff. So that's why I think that, uh, all those, uh, all those, um, studies that we just talked about are, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So we need the great dosing. Mm hmm. 2021 the year of the great dosing <laughs> and everything turned turned around it's called the mushroom right it's a, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a meteorite it's a mushroom and this thing just lands in the spore everybody inhales the spores and we're all we're all good yeah remember that game zombies ate my neighbors there was one level where the spores kept growing you had no. to meat whack them is that oh, was I that on that xbox game. or is that like a nintendo thing it was super nintendo it was like they had like 50 or 60 levels it was one of my favorite games I want to get one of those emulators and play some old games. That's what I want to do. I forgot. I have the mini SCN or the mini Super Nintendo thing. It's pretty sweet. It's got Donkey Kong Country, Mario World, a bunch of games. Oh, dude, I love Donkey Kong Country. I love it. I love I Mario World too. Yeah, the Mario World. The the that was probably the best Mario until uh, the Wii. Or is it not? No, not the Wii. The uh, Nintendo 64. I, yeah, the Nintendo 64, that, that interactive. Oh, that Mario Kart with all those secrets. Oh, that's a great game, too. 00 Goldeneye, 007 Classic. And on that note, folks. That is the first-person shooter. I think the first first-person shooter that like that. I think that's where that's where you start seeing, you know, the Call of Duties come off of that. I think that might have been the the catalyst. Well, they you, they had like the Wolfensteins and the Doom for the computer games yeah, which were awesome. Yeah, but that's different though when it's then when it's on the actual console. And the Nintendo 64 controller was more similar to like an Xbox controller than it was to like a Nintendo controller. Yeah, I remember I rented the GoldenEye, didn't know what it was, played it <sighs> so addicted to this thing this idiot would always pick odd job and he'd always hide in this fucking thing <laughs> with the gold with the golden gun yeah, you we mother had the ban object you can't you can't aim that low this thing's running around at your knee level slapping you to death yeah classic no, i remember i, I would love to play game. that game I, I haven't played that in years i played it the controls are awful once you're it? used to like a, the, the the xbox controllers yeah because it's it just it's 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 an, it's an odd job if you will it's all right, all right. All right, well, we'll wrap it up on that. We love you. Anybody that's interested, we have all of our links and everything. Go to mindescapepodcast.com 
or go to our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. Again, we've got an hour-long episode with Randall Carlson on there, hour-long episode with Sean Cahill. We've got an hour-long episode with Dr. Gregory Little on Native American Mounds. We've got Laird Scranton, you know. We've got a whole back catalog, too. Ones with Tom, Tom Lane and other ones with Dr. Gregory. You know, we got tons of them on there, so go check that out. So. Beautiful. All right, we love everybody. Stay safe out there and peace. Mm-hmm.